We've got a budget to finish by June 30th. We just won a major court decision uh, supporting the pension reforms that we put into place in 2011. So I got to keep my eye on my day job. From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. I didn't run for this job to be the prom king. I want this. I was promised that. I need this. Well, listen, man, I don't have a money tree. You can boo me all you want. But in the end, I don't understand why you're booing the first guy who came here and told you the truth. I'm David First. Later, we're going to be joined by New Jersey Public Radio's Matt Katz, who says Bridgegate has forced Governor Christie to move further to the right during this presidential primary season. We're also going to hear thoughts from Republican strategist Jeanette Hoffman on how the scandal may or may not be affecting Christie's primary strategy. First, though, we're here with Tom Moran, editorial editor for the Star-Ledger. Hi, Tom. Hey, Dave. Another busy travel week for the governor. He made another appearance in Iowa. He went to Utah for this uh, retreat organized by Mitt Romney. And on Sunday, he was a guest on ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos, and they hit on several topics. But at one point, when Governor Christie was talking about why he hasn't declared yet, he was saying how busy he is with his day job in New Jersey. And we heard a clip from that at the start of the show. But, Tom, during that answer, he spoke about the recent Supreme Court decision, the New Jersey Supreme Court decision, siding with the governor, saying that he could skip payments into the pension system, payments that he promised to make in his uh, 2011 pension reform. And he said that this decision supported that law. We just won a major court decision uh, supporting the pension reforms that we put into place in 2011. Is that a fair characterization? No, it's the opposite of what happened. This is a win for Christie politically because what the court said is you don't have to make this $1.8 billion payment right now. So it's sort of like a deadbeat with a credit card and the company says uh, you don't have to make the payment this month. We'll put it off. But uh, the ruling actually declared that 2011 law unconstitutional. That's the signature achievement of Christie's first term, and most people would argue his entire governorship. Well, here's Governor Christie crowing about that achievement while giving the keynote address at the 2012 Republican National Convention. They said, they said it was impossible to touch the third rail of politics, to take on the public sector unions, and to reform a pension and health benefit system that was headed to bankruptcy, but with bipartisan leadership. We saved taxpayers $132 billion over 30 years and saved retirees their pensions. We did it. The law required the state to put in an escalating amount of payments into the pension fund to help correct the finances. What the Supreme Court said is, no, you can't, in its 2011 legislature, can't oblige future legislatures to make a certain payment. So the unions had argued this law has the force of contract. So it's just like if the state hired a contractor for 10 years to build a road and they obligated. But the court said no. The court did, though, offer a scathing appraisal of the state of the state's finances by saying this law has you know, failed miserably. The governor broke his promise to put it in. But it's up to you guys in the political sphere, not us in the judicial robes, to solve it. So it's fair for Christie to, to characterize this as a victory. This was a legal victory. But wasn't this a victory fighting against the law that he helped create? It was. It's a victory only in a sense that the deadbeat gets another month to pay his bill. Christie's own lawyers went in and argued that the law that he signed and that he's touting as his big achievement was unconstitutional, and they carried the day. I think what we're looking at over the next six months is inevitable downgrades again to New Jersey's um, bond rating, which has already been lowered nine times on Christie's watch. That's going to be a hard thing for him to explain. 
I spoke with uh, New Jersey Education Association President Wendell Steinhauer this week, and he says a win in court is a win, and the governor won, but this just pushes the obligation the state has further down the road. He's not paying his full share of that payment, and he's he's basically running a credit card. And you know what happens when you don't pay a credit card, right? The interest will kill you. So he is all he is doing is pushing off those payments, full payments with interest, uh, and and quite honestly, he only has to worry about till January of 2018, and then then it's not his problem anymore. Well, the real problem for the average person in New Jersey is that these guys are now back in their bunkers. Christie's saying, "I will not fix this because I don't want to raise taxes." The Democrats are saying at this point, you know, this guy broke his promise, and they're probably going to wait for the next governor and hope for something better. So for New Jersey, this means, you know, our fiscal hole gets even deeper, credit rating goes down, our economy probably gets worse, and the economy is already at the bottom of the barrel nationally. We had another fresh report that placed us number 46 in economic growth. By almost any measure, New Jersey's now in the bottom three to five states. That's going to get worse now. So great victory. (laughs) Everyone's back in their bunker. This is just absolute stalemate. This is Washington gridlock. Yeah, and that's another problem for Christie is that his pitch is so much, you know, based on the guy. Look, I'm the guy who's handled a Democratic legislature. He made that point on Stephanopoulos as well, comparing himself to Jeb Bush. He said, easy for Jeb Bush to have a successful record. He had a Republican legislature. I've worked with a legislature of the other party. Um, for the last nearly six years now. And we've had some significant accomplishments along with significant disagreements. I have great respect for Jeb. He was a very good governor. Uh, but if you're asking one of the things that makes me different is I think I'm combat ready uh, for Washington, D.C. And you need to be in order to know how to work with people, how to bring people together. I've done that in New Jersey in a way that led to me getting 61% of the vote for re-election. That was the first two years of his years in office. He did make a lot of big deals with Democrat. Since then because of his broken promise primarily, we uh, are in Washington-style gridlock in New Jersey. In the next few weeks, Democrats will pass a budget that he will veto all the key elements of and pass his own budget. There's, there's no cooperation now. His main Democratic partner, Senate President Steve Sweeney, says the relationship has completely soured. He very often can't even get a return phone call. So we have D.C. and Trenton now. How's he going to pitch that? Tom Moran, editorial editor for the Star-Ledger. Thanks again. Sure thing, Dave. Thank you. They call it that Jersey bounce. New Jersey and you. Perfect together. That's a lovely accent you have. New Jersey? I'm from New Jersey. No, I don't talk that way. Go back to Jersey, you bum. Jersey's what I think about when I think of home. Got killed by 10 million pounds of sludge from New York and New Jersey. Thank you, everybody! Thank you, New Jersey! Down the shore, everything's alright. We're sweating down here in Asbury Park tonight. In Jersey, anything's legal as long as you don't get caught. And meet me tonight in Atlantic City. I want to remind you, we are all from New Jersey. And what that means is, if you give it, you are getting it right back. All right? This is the Christie Tracker Podcast. I'm David First. Bridgegate. Maybe you've heard it mentioned here a few times. Little thing with the George Washington Bridge, traffic, indictments. Bruce sang a song about it. Even if there are no further Bridgegate woes for the governor, it obviously had a big effect on Christie's popularity and poll numbers. 
And New Jersey Public Radio's Matt Katz says the lane closure scandal also had a major effect on Christie's primary strategy. Matt joins us now. And Matt, you're saying Bridgegate forced the governor to go further to the right? More than anything, I think it's affected some of his policy positions. I think it weakened him in January 2014, which is coming off his reelection, the beginning of the exploratory phase of a possible presidential run. He had planned, I think, to run as a moderate Big Tent Republican, a guy whose positions on immigration uh, might attract him to Hispanic voters that the Republican Party has traditionally had trouble uh, keeping. He won 51% of the Hispanic vote in New Jersey, in large part because of his policies that were not uh, typical of all Republicans. I think he expected to keep those sorts of uh, moderate approaches toward immigration and other issues related to race. He's had to adjust that, I think, in the wake of Bridgegate. His narrative as a straight talker was too damaged from it. And too many other people may have gotten into this race because Christie, who was the presidential frontrunner for the Republican Party, if we remember back that far, when Bridgegate happened, all these other people then got in the race. Maybe there'd be no Jeb Bush in this race if Christie was still destroying the field by 30, 40 points. I don't know. I do think that it damaged him in various ways, and he had to turn himself into more of a cookie-cutter conservative as a presidential candidate. So you've seen him change his position on Common Core, on guns. Even though it's a progression we often see in Republican primaries, you don't think he would have had to have gone that far right? Even to people that are sympathetic to his stance on Bridgegate and don't think he was involved, he it tainted him somewhat. And he would have been able to absorb blows on some of his more moderate positions, like on like sticking to his guns on Common Core, on a pathway to immigration, if Bridgegate hadn't happened. I think it fundamentally not only changed him as a candidate, but potentially changed an opportunity for him to really um, lead the way toward a new Republican Party. And I don't want to overstate this, but I mean, think about the fact if he was able to win the nomination as a Republican who could really secure half of uh, the Hispanic voters in America, he would have led the Republican Party to a a new generation of uh, of voters. He would have um, changed the way they're viewed by millennials and uh, minorities. And I think that was the plan. I think they really, Team Christie, really thought they had a generational uh, candidate on their hands, somebody who could really like lead a revolution within the Republican Party. And then Bridgegate happened, and it changed all those plans. It made it all so much more difficult politically. We're joined now by Republican strategist Jeanette Hoffman. Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me, David. What's your take on this? Has Bridgegate affected some of his policy positions during this early primary season? Well, I think Bridgegate in general, right, the scandal and then the overblown media attention has not done the governor any favors here in New Jersey or on the presidential campaign trail. Um, You know, the fact that he has to start off every single interview with a question about Bridgegate, you know, as evidence just this weekend on ABC with George Stephanopoulos, that's not good for the governor. However, I don't really think it's it's impacting his policies and his presidential campaign on, you know, issues like education, immigration reform, taxes, you know, those kinds of things. I think that's more a factor of the Republican primary field itself becoming so broad. And you have right now as many as 16 potential candidates in the race. First of all, it's not a surprise that any Republican candidate 
in the primary would be touting their conservative credentials at this time, especially, you know, at one point in time, the conventional wisdom that gov was Governor Christie was maybe the only moderate in the race. But that's not the case right now, um, especially with Jeb Bush getting into the race. While the polls may not show it right now, I think Jeb Bush is really the candidate to be, um, especially if you look at the amount of money he's raising and will raise, I think a lot of Governor Christie's positions are kind of differentiating himself from Jeb Bush. So when you see like a shift uh, on uh, the governor's position on Common Core, for example, or his explanation this year that he vetoed funding for Planned Parenthood because he's a pro-life candidate, even though previously he had been blaming a tight budget for uh, vetoing funding, those are just kind of places where we're seeing a typical shift to the right during a primary season? Yeah, I don't think it's very surprising. Look, Governor Christie is governor of New Jersey right now. It's a it's a moderate state. So, you know, talking about being pro-life didn't really help him get elected in 2009 or, or re-elected in 2013. That's not, not something he led with, right? Um, but it certainly helps him now uh, during the presidential primary in, in appealing to conservatives. Because of his weakened position after the Bridgegate scandal, doesn't that make it much more difficult for the governor to take a moderate position during the primary season, whereas before, you know, he was seen as a front runner. He was seen as someone who could maybe convince people to go along with him because he was so charismatic and, and he had such an argument that he was electable. I don't think Bridgegate helped him, <laughs> as you and I agree. I agree with you on that point. But I think there are so many other factors in the political environment right now in the 2016 presidential campaign that you can't pin everything on Bridgegate. You know, the governor's really not making any policy decisions that I think are, are different from, from what I would expect him to do and, and any Republican candidate to do in, in a Republican primary. And that's really touting Republican credentials and appealing to that Republican base that cares about you know those red meat issues like taxes, education, and immigration reform. Republican strategist Jeanette Hoffman, thanks again. Thanks, David. The Christie Tracker Podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, thanks to associate producer Joseph Capriglione. Our theme music is by 29-Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christie Tracker Podcast on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow Matt Katz on Twitter at MattKatz00. That is Matt, K-A-T-Z, and Tom Moran at Tom A. Moran. I'm David First. Till next week, Governor, any final thoughts? There'll be people on either extreme of both parties who will only vote for a Republican or only vote for a Democrat. You know folks like that. But in the middle, people make a judgment on the candidate.